Hey, Adam. Yeah. Have you been to a whack gig lately? Man, it seems like I've only been to whack gigs lately. Ooh. I'm Adam S. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily music advice coming at you. Coming at you. Today's episode is sponsored by Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com to check out a bunch of courses that we make. We make a bunch of piano courses. You know that we have this thing called the Piano Access Pass. Yes, Piano Access Pass. I'm very familiar with it. I have access to it, and uh, I will not give it a pass. (laughs) I should hope so, man. You made like half the lessons on there. No, it's it's a lot of fun. We uh, I don't know why we didn't think of this earlier, because we have so many piano... Um, students, uh, you know, but, we like to run our business with one hand, time to hide our back. I think that's the that's thing. right. <laughs> that's right. No, but it's I, I think that it, you know the perfect use case is certainly at any level. But if you're not sure exactly which of our courses looks good to you, but you've got a little bit of a time, say a year or even a month, just to try things out because you can go monthly or annual. But if you're if you're kind of not sure and you want to sample a few things and jump around, like if you're kind of guy, do you like to go to the uh, cafeteria? Do you even know what that is? I enjoy a cafeteria. Okay, yeah, because you're a little younger. No, no, are they still around? You remember the Parkmore? Do you remember? Of course. Yeah, of course. You know what the Parkmore is backwards? What? Uh, think about it. We'll come back to that. But if you like to go to a cafeteria and take little pieces, that this would be the perfect. Yeah, this would be the perfect. Um, kind of situation and then you can go on a deep dive whenever you want and you can still go lifetime with one of the courses but we're really getting some great feedback oh, it's folks. been awesome it's popping off yeah hey uh i don't know if we're on youtube today but uh i got a new hat i don't know if you saw my hat oh uh, i did I on YouTube. did you see my hat yes can i did you see this thing right over there that's the uh that's, that's the stanley cup that's the stanley cup i got a blues hat and i got a stanley cup on it and uh i never thought in my lifetime that i would have this and, and uh, some exciting news i don't know if i should Drip it out now. Yeah. Tomorrow, sitting right here, is going to be the actual Stanley Cup. We will be filming. With... No way, really? No, no Come not on, at all. <laughs> but I felt like everybody. I've seen pictures. Everybody's Instagram is like everyone. Me I know everyone we know had a picture on Instagram with the Stanley Cup. How That's do we right. not get to? I don't, get, I don't know. I, it should have made the podcast. I don't know. I don't actually know all the rules to hockey, so that's probably the reason I'm not involved. Yeah. But, okay. Well, what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about seven lessons we've learned from whack gigs. Oh, man. Whack gigs are a blessing in disguise. And you know what's funny? Is they're kind of a curse in disguise as well. <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, it's an obvious curse. Yeah. But you know what's funny is, like, it doesn't matter what level you're on, it seem, seemingly. Yeah. It doesn't matter, like, how far I've progressed in my career. A whack gig is going to happen yeah. every so often. I feel like I'm going to actually have one in a couple of days. I'm hoping not, but it's 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 always going to happen. No, not not the one with us together. That's I was going to say. Well, yeah, well, but it is holiday season. This is a time of this year. Right, prime whack gig. You know, this territory. is <laughs> uh, whack gigs are they're lurking around every corner <laughs> like a like a burglar downtown. Oh my gosh. So uh, no, but I think that yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's at every different level. Dare I say, even the Rolling Stones, the world's are they the world's most famous band? I don't know. Well, they have a big feet. They'd have to be one of. They'd the, have to be yeah. one of them. I bet they've had done some whack gigs. Not for a while. Okay. What was the one Altamont where all the security guards were like Hell's Angels and killed someone? Yeah, that was pretty whack. Yeah, but that I was like that. late seventies. So <laughs> That's right. Okay, so bad example. But everybody else has some whack gigs. So we thought it would be fun to talk about. Things that we've learned, hopefully things we can help, you know, maybe sometimes it's just a matter of looking at things a little bit different. Um, because a lot of times when you get in that, first of all, what is a whack gig? Since you're the world's oldest millennial, you can explain that. I mean, I think a whack gig has, has many different definitions. A whack gig can come out of nowhere. Sometimes you think a, good's gonna be, a gig's going to yeah. be great. You're going to be at a concert hall and it's going to be this 
great time, and yeah. it could be whack for many reasons. It could be the sound. No, I meant actually describe what the word whack gig means in case someone doesn't oh, know. Oh, whack that. means terrible <laughs> okay, gig that, that is... Uh, and there's no other word yeah, that fits it better than whack. It's, it's very whack. whack. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just like uh, it didn't go well. Everybody tried, or maybe some people didn't try, and that's Oftentimes, why. Oftentimes, there's an element of like nobody's listening, or people are talking loudly. That as could you're be playing. part of it for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I will say this: uh, with the whack whackness of a gig, don't get down. Realize they happen to everyone. And every whack gig is a learning opportunity. Right, We're right. Prove that here today. A smile is just a frown turned upside down. That's uh, our motto that's here. I uh, like the positive <laughs> attitude, man. Okay, so uh, what do you got for number one? Okay, number one is kind of a question. Yep. And I think that you know whack gigs will bring this question up. Actually, number one and two are both questions. And if it comes up and you can address this in the right way, kind of a little bit zen, a little bit um, you know philosophical. And that question is, how much do you really love music? Okay, that question is going to come up. You got to be ready for that when you're on a, when you're on a whack gig, um, and even like sometimes there's an element to the gig that is whack. Like that could be a long flight that's bumpy, and you're sitting in coach in the middle seat. Yep. How much do you really love? You know, there's there's a couple guys I travel with. Uh, that we have a saying like when stuff starts going wrong, flights canceled, or you're sitting, or you're getting up at three in the morning to two hour drive. You look at each other and say, "So you wanted to be a jazz musician?" That's you right. Know? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so when the actual gig is whack, it's like, man, how much do you love music? Are you willing to go through this to just to play music? You know. And I think that that doesn't have to be a, a negative thing. Yeah, we don't want to find ourselves in that situation over and over again. And we're going to talk about why, ways maybe to stay away from that. But once you're there, you're still playing music. You know, how much do you love music? Are you willing to play when everybody's talking or they got you in a tuxedo and stuck in a funny thing and say, use the back entrance or whatever it is? Um, can you find beauty still in the music that, that you're playing? Now, I mean, you know, we, we, we could be... We could be driving a taxi. We could be doing something else. So how much do you love music? That's a great question. And your number two here I love because it's kind of it plays off that. And that's how much do you love being a musician? Because that's a very different thing yes. than playing music. Because that's right. the the lifestyle of just playing music is one thing. Right. But the business of being a musician, that's a whole other kind of hell. Can be very can be very <laughs> whack. <laughs> can be very whack. And that is actually when some of the wackest situations can come to be. Because right. We can get ourselves into whack situations via a paycheck, yeah. You know that comes our way. If it's big enough, it kind of dulls the whackness sometimes. So it could yeah. be, you know, if you're on a whack gig and you're like, "Well, how did I get here? How much do I love playing music? I love playing music. I get to play music. Well, how much do I love being a musician?" Yes, that's that's the second question you can ask yourself, and a second lesson you can learn because if you say like, "Not this much," maybe it's it's not for you. Exactly, you know I mean? and then you'll see, you know, different people, and they usually fall off, especially on the touring scene early. If you don't have that level of commitment to music and to you being a musician, and look, this is not about like, oh, I'm so great of a musician. No, no, no. It's like, what is your commitment to doing this? It's like you see, you know, the 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 New York Marathon or something. Those last couple of people crossing the finish line, they're not like they might have more commitment than anybody based on their age or their talent level or if they sure. tripped or if they got, you know, who knows? They made it across the finish line. Obviously, they're committed to to finishing that thing. So it, it, it's about that. It's not about skill level. Yeah, if you're Herbie Hancock, it's maybe it's a little bit easier to have that commitment. Of course, sure. yeah. if I was Herbie, I'd love, I'd love, there's no question I want to be a musician. I love being a musician. Everybody, <laughs> and, and notice I'm never on a whack gig either. Everywhere <laughs> I go, there's a gold carpet laid out in front of me. Okay, right. so this led me to, to add this number three, and that's okay. uh, this is a lesson I've learned. Uh, I, st I started learning in my 30s. Yes. And uh, the more I, I, I play whack gigs, the more I realize this is true. Ask for more money than you think you should because this will 
I, like I have a price. I mean, what the the simple secret is, if Herbie Hancock asks us to go on tour with him <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, we would pay to do that. Yeah, that'd be a negative price. Right, He's exactly. like, how much do you need? Like, yeah, he, yeah, he'd be, be like, I'm not paying you. You have to pay your own way. I'd be right. like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll do it. Yep. But there, are, I have a. I have a fu price, <laughs> right, for gigs that I don't. Let's call do. it a whack price. It's a whack price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they say yes to it, you know what? I'm all good. The gig can be right. as whack as possible, but I'll still be like, all right, I got my uh, my whack price. Yeah, and, and I I'm think good. the lesson learned from that is that make sure you identify that whack gig in advance so that you can ask for that price so you don't get stuck on the. So that's what you, you probably learned this from being stuck on a whack gig, paid, not making it. Yeah, exactly right. And I'll be <laughs> the like, worst yeah, of both worlds. If you want to pay me this amount, yeah. I'm happy to go to your whack gig. Right, right that's right. great. That's good. I like that one. Yep. I'm gonna make a note of that. Uh, number four. Um, oh yeah, I love this one. Okay. This is this is something that I learned early on when I was, you know, as as most of us when you're starting out, be glad that you have any gig that you're getting paid on or not. It's gonna be whack, but you're not very good yet anyway. So but that's that you can develop in any situation and that you should not be blaming others or the situation around you that you haven't developed. So if you have a mindset of like every time you get a chance to perform music, mm -hmm. that you can develop and get better. Mm -hmm. In some way, because sure. that's a personal responsibility that, that, that you have for personal development, then th really no, no situation is totally whack because at least you develop some. Because ultimately, we're not doing this for the money. We're not doing this for the glory. Of course, we love it when that comes along, but we're doing this to get better. We're practicing the piano. I mean, why are we like grown adults still practicing what we're doing? Yeah. It's because we're trying to keep getting better. We didn't get to some place and say, this is it. I love this that you have don't blame others either because one of the things I was thinking of is like a whack gig is not a license to be a jerk on the gig. No. It's not a license to well, shut. No, no, no. But okay, with yeah, your right. other musicians, you know yeah. what I mean? If, if the gig is whack or whatever, yeah. right, you still need sure. to be engaged with the music. You still need to be trying to make your bandmates sound good. You know what I mean? You can't right. just all of a sudden just play everything and just be like, ah, oh, screw it, I'm done. You know, right. that's that's a terrible attitude to have. And that's only going to make the gig worse, honestly. And that's kind of an anti-leader thing. Like, great leaders, whether they're the official leader of the gig or not, kind of elevate the, you know, when there's a bad situation around, they kind of pull everybody up with you by focusing it on, like, let's focus it on the music. If nobody's listening, if the sound system's going crazy. I remember we were doing a gig in North Carolina with the orchestra, and it started raining a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, it was outdoors, beautiful place, North Carolina Symphony, and... um but we were totally covered. But the orchestra players like stopped playing and like we're packing up because they're like our contract says we we won't play in the rain, which I understand. I mean, nothing against. But it was like we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, our contract didn't say that. Plus, we're not getting wet, actually. And there's people still in the audience there. Yeah. You know, it was a whack situation. Yeah. But we kind of just focused in on the music yeah. and said, let's let that lead us. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you're in like, uh, say, a solo piano situation at a holiday party where everybody's talking around you and no mm. one can even see you. Mm. This was my gig last night. <laughs> uh, Not that it's on your mind. Not that it's on my mind. Yeah. You but know. you could develop. I bet you developed something. I pretended like I was at the Village Vanguard playing a solo piano concert. That's it was great. great. Nice. And then thought about the money that I was <laughs> my my whack price that right. I had given that's them. That's right. So uh, and because so, you learned from number three. That's right. One, two, three, four, five. Number five. This is one that I learned um, and still learn. Sometimes a whack gig can happen because either you or someone you're playing with isn't at all prepared mm. for the gig. Right. So I. It, the easiest antidote, the easiest vaccine against 
that kind of whackness yep. is to just prepare. And we've talked about this lots for just right. being a good bandmate or musician. So that's part of the three P's as we've talked about, which are preparation, preparation, preparation. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's, it's important. Right? No, but this is a, a lesson I learned, I think from not being prepared and like, Oh, this is whack. I don't want this to ever happen again. Yeah. Right. So always be prepared. Yeah. And isn't, I th- that, isn't that one of your things when you're always ABP? No, no we're going to add it in there. Okay. No, I think that that's absolutely right. And then could I just add a little side note to that one, sure. which is when you find yourself for whatever reason, and hopefully not your own dereliction of duty, if you're not quite prepared, like, oh, I didn't know this was going to happen, use the confidence, the other part that you had on there to charge ahead. Don't let it be like, oh, I didn't prepare the right thing, so this is a lost cause. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're a professional musician. Yeah. You're still, you still got to do... You know, because the audience doesn't know that. For sure. If, if, and, and that's another thing. You know, there's always a chance that someone is listening, even in a whack situation. So you should, like, to your point of last night, pretend like you're at the Village Vanguard, Carnegie Hall all the time. And that's something that's, that's, that will spread to everybody else on the band. Oh, no, people are listening, even when you think they are. I know. They are. Yeah. Yep. Good. All right, number six. Um, Oh, yeah, how to lead. So this was kind of what we were talking about before. You can use an adverse situation like a wax situation on a gig to really work on your leadership skills. And what that means is, like, you don't let it get to you. You don't let the level of your playing and those around you go down. The expectation is still that uh, you're performing at a high level, like mm-hmm. we say, even if, if nobody's listening. And so that's kind of, I think, how great leaders in this music are developed. And it's usually from... Their instrument. It's not about come on, guys, let's do this right. It's like no, no, no. I'm going to double down on on whatever needs to be virtuosity or, or or musicianship. You know, whatever aspect of musicianship needs to be accentuated at that time. That's great. Okay. Uh, number seven. Uh, what is this? Seven lessons learned from Wack gigs. <laughs> Did you forget? So, we're all the way down man, the list, man. Game, I can't even man. see the title. Uh, it's that I don't want to be in this situation again. What do you do? Uh, I like this because this is a little bit of like um, for me. This reads as you know, I have a list of things that I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. Like, like sometimes saying no can be a very powerful tool for any artist, right. but we get in this sort of habit of just kind of <laughs> saying yes to things that are, you know, in our pay scale or whatever. But you can really refine your checklist of what you should and shouldn't be doing. Right. On a whack gig. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I'm not saying no to this, or I'm not saying yes to this person anymore. I need to learn how to say no to that's people right. more. That's right. That's right. So that's more of a, like... Not when it's a surprise whack gig. That's sure. when you should have known better before you go into it. Maybe just don't get yourself into that situation. For sure. Good. All right. All right, good. Well, once again, we nailed that. Bam. Um, but look, everybody, hopefully, you know, you're not getting in the wax. I've never said wax so many times in 17 minutes of my Word life. Word has lost its power. It really has. This is whack, what we're saying here. Um, so uh, tomorrow we have something very special coming. Did you know that? No. What do we have? They're going to have to tune in because you'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs>